Hello and welcome to the HRD Live podcast. I'm Sam Alberti, reporter for HRD Connect, and I'll be your host. This conversation on keeping your workforce engaged while distributed was recorded remotely during the coronavirus lockdown, and as a result, the audio quality may fluctuate slightly from time to time. Joining me for this episode was Alex Powell, Director of Client Culture and Engagement at Reward Gateway. We discussed how leaders can hold effective meetings in a digital workspace, how they can stay in the loop with what employees are doing without micromanaging, how they can make themselves consistently available as resources, and much more. Enjoy the podcast. Alex, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being with me. Absolutely. Um, so let's jump straight in. I think um, I think meetings is a good sort of subtopic to start off with here. Um, we know how much of a fundamental part of workplace culture this is, um, but it's something that's been disrupted so heavily since uh, since this transition to remote working. Um, so just wanted to get your take on this. Um, how can managers do this effectively now that we're working in this this digital world? Yeah, um, I, it's really been a journey. I think for me personally, as I've transitioned to so many digital meetings and as our, our clients have as well, I think the first thing I would say is to keep in mind that whereas we used to start a meeting, maybe for some of us, we jumped right into business. Um, what we're missing out in a digital meeting is that gathering together time, coming together, getting your coffee, walking with people to the meeting room, that it's it's even more important than ever to kick things off with some personality, with a personal touch. So one of the things that our clients find really valuable is to say, for example, who's seen something um, successful happen? Who's Who wants to share with us a win? Sh- recognize someone in the room for something they've done. That if you can kick things off with something that's a little bit of a lighter topic, that's really positive, it can bring the team together and have that collective moment. There's certainly, you can do that by saying, hey, let's start off with what you did this weekend. You can do things like that as well. But um, I think starting off with a recognition moment can also help us all stay connected with what's happening in our work. It's guaranteed to be positive. Um, So that's something we've seen work really well. The other thing when it comes to meetings is don't um, skip the one-on-ones. So I think under normal circumstances, people may have one-on-ones with their teams. It's never been more important. We may also say to ourselves, um, gosh, you know, do we really need this meeting? But we don't have those moments to meet up at the coffee machine, um, to, to see someone's facial expression during the day and, and be able to tell that they're having a bad day. So if you have one-on-ones with folks, don't try and shortcut those take that time. It's beneficial for you to have a connection with people that's not quite so structured. And it's also the opportunity for you to get ahead of problems before they develop. So I think, you know, you can always look at crazy wig day and things like that for meetings to keep them fun. That's really about your culture and what works. The other thing, the last thing I'll say about that is if you are looking to make them more fun, then make sure you're picking the person that's best suited to be in charge of that. I think sometimes managers feel a lot of pressure, like, oh my gosh, this, I need to, you know, do a hat day or I need to, you know, do a quiz day or something like that. There may be people on your team that would love to do that, that do that really easily, that can really spice up the meetings. From that perspective, you don't need to be the one that orchestrates that piece of it. Okay, great. And 
maybe let's move on to talking about um, things like project management and performance management as well, because I think I think they're fundamentally similar to the thing we were talking about with with meetings, uh, in the sense that this is another core area of modern business, um, but one that now looks completely different since we've pivoted. Um, so maybe if you could give me some of your thoughts about how managers can approach this, um, and how can they do so in a sense that um, you know, in a way that doesn't doesn't end up being overbearing, um, and in a way that doesn't lead them down a path of constantly micromanaging. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think when it comes to really supporting people in their work, but also making sure you're holding them accountable, I love to start with feedback from the person. This is, you know, all types of interactions. People have personal preferences, but I think it's important to get their feedback on this because this may be the method you use to hold them accountable for due dates, for things they're not getting done. So I think if you haven't in a while, it might be a good time to just connect and say, what's the best way for me to support you to stay on top of things? Do do we need to have maybe more frequent one-on-ones where we chat about our weekend, but then we talk about specific project deadlines? Is a meeting the best plan for you? Or is it, you know, is the best way for me to support you to reach out to you on Friday via Slack or text to um, check in on dates, letting them know, hey, this is part of my role, but it doesn't need to be, um, it doesn't need to be aggressive. It doesn't need to be that I'm snooping. What's the best way for us to stay in communication, right? If we make this about staying in communication versus checking in, that can be really helpful. There's a lot of technology as well. I think when it comes to HR in 2021, personal interactions are fabulous, but man, can technology save you time. Mm. So you also might want to look and see, is there a way for us to be tracking our goals in a shared space so that I can check when I care and you can update it when you have an update? But feedback is really important. Um, One last thing we've seen um, for feedback, for getting to accountability in your one-on-ones, the other thing you might want to consider is something we call a continue stop start exercise. Lots of people do this mm. in very, various ways, but it may be, hey, what can we continue doing in partnership with each other? What do you think you should stop doing? Or what do I think you could stop doing? And what do we both think you should start doing? That can be a really lovely way to approach accountability in a in a real shared partnership um what are we agreeing to what are the things that i think you could improve on what are the things i wish you would start doing and if you do that like every six months with folks that can also provide you time to be really honest and forthright without appearing to be um annoying or aggressive in your accountability Mm. yeah absolutely And, and sort of staying on that topic um i think when it comes to leadership development there's there's just been you know, since we've gone through this seismic change, there's just been so much dialogue about managers being open, being more human, being more compassionate, things like that. And I know you've already mentioned methods such as um, getting feedback from the individual and having frequent one-to-ones and and communicating more often and things like that. But I was just wondering if you could maybe expand on that topic a little bit and and talk about how managers can make themselves available as a resource on an ongoing basis now. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's, you know, we've heard this open-door policy And I think as managers, we're not just managing, we've got tasks we're trying to take care of. So it can be reassuring to say, well, gosh, if anyone needs me, they can reach out. But um, there's nowhere where you don't technically have an open door policy. So in order to be a really available manager that's 
you know, really connected and on top of what's happening, there is a real benefit to being intentional about it. Um, obviously, the one-on-ones can help. But we've also had people say, you know, I'm telling people between the hours of 8 a.m. and 9 a.m., I'm probably checking emails, checking calendar. I'm less likely to be in a meeting or to be already knee-deep in a project. So if you need to randomly check in with me, feel free to just send me a note during that time. Mm-hmm. So obviously, we want to we want people to feel like you can send them a note anytime. But some people with their different styles may be like searching the calendar and <laughs> double checking and it's really like how intentional can we make our invitation? Um, is it I'm reaching out a co- every couple of days to let people know, hey, how's it going with that project? Oh, hey, wasn't you know, didn't you have a sick child? How are they doing? Being intentional about that more um, off the cuff communication, being intentional about meetings and checking in with folks um, and not letting an open door policy us like lead you to believe that you're available. I think Mm -hmm. that's the key piece. Make sure you got to tell people a ton if you really want them to believe that you're available. Um, And depending on the relationships you have, if you have a solid long-term relationship with your team, you're already going to have figured that out by trial and error. They're going to know how to get in touch with you, whether it's email or text or putting a time on your calendar. Um, But especially if you have new people or a new team, really make that explicit. Like what's the best way to get in touch with me and maybe be vulnerable. If you send me an email, I may lose track of it. So Mm. feel free to follow up with me. I think, you know, letting them know and being vulnerable about the ways you're not likely to be reachable. That's really important, too. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. And and actually, I think that leads us on nicely to my next question, because um, something else that that you just hear about constantly right now is is the importance of well-being, uh, avoiding burnout, keeping morale high, um, keeping uh, employee satisfaction high. Um, and these these are fundamental things, but they can be can be tricky to attain. Um, so I just want to get your take on that. And you know, with with work life balance being harder to establish and, and more of a grey area than ever, um, how can managers achieve these things and, and keep well being front of mind and avoid burnout amongst the workforce? Yeah, I'm so glad that well being. It's unfortunate that well being has had to come to the forefront as strongly mm. as it has. But I do think we're going to be better for it in the long run. I think there's a lot of organizations and managers that have had to deal face front with well-being and the impact it has in a way that they never have before. I've talked to managers who've said, you know, I used to think I was good at building relationship with my team, but now it's an agenda on my on my meetings with them. Like, how is it going? How is your family? Because it's never been clear that if we don't know what's going on in the background, if people aren't take care, taking care of themselves, we're seeing the impacts in their productivity, in their personal, um, in the personal outcomes they're achieving. So I think when it comes to well-being, um, first of all, as leaders, it's important to be vulnerable. Um, I was on a call with a leader here at Reward Gateway, and they admitted that they had days when they weren't as productive when they first started working from home. And they talked about with their kids being home with them, how there are days when they'll, you know, stop in the middle of the afternoon and say, this isn't working. I'm going to put away my laptop. I'm going to focus on my kids. And then I'll get to the work later on in the day when the time is more appropriate. Mm -hmm. Um, or saying, I just needed to go for a walk 
is there a way we can, do you mind if we have this meeting while I'm walking around my neighborhood? I think leadership vulnerability is crucial. As leaders, sometimes we feel like we need to hide when we're not doing well, when we're not meeting our own standards. But it's also really important to let people know you're human so they will admit to you it's so much better. Like if someone's struggling with a project, if you don't know it, you can't help them. And they may be, you know, looking to turn things in without as much detailed review or skip steps to get it done fast. If you know they're struggling, you can support them um, and, the, and the quality of the work is going to be that much stronger. So I think that's important to be vulnerable. And I also think the thing right now to look for um, is what does burnout look like? It's one thing to be stressed, but if you have folks, you know, the World Health Organization defines burnout as being characterized by exhaustion, um, by being disconnected from your job and the people around you. So I think as a leader, if you see someone who under normal circumstances is very proactive, is very positive, is smiling, is reaching out and connecting, and they start to distance themselves, they seem more skeptical or cynical about the work, it's easy for us to judge that person. But I would say the first step is to actually check in with them, right? We may say, gosh, they've actually become a huge pain to work with, but your best route maybe to say, are you okay? And that may open mm-hmm. up in for, you know, actually, no, I'm exhausted. I'm not getting sleep. I feel like I'm disappointing my family. Um, then once that's out in the open, you can do what you need to, to repair things, to help that person improve. But so I think the first thing is be vulnerable, let people know it's okay to take care of yourself. Gosh, maybe at the start of your meeting, as I said, maybe instead of recognition, maybe one day it's what have you done in the last couple of days to take care of your physical well-being. Mm-hmm. And you might not get a ton of answers right away, but the more you can bring those topics to the forefront and let people know it's okay to talk about them, the more they're likely to see it as a priority for themselves. Not if I take a walk, I'm letting my team down, but by taking a walk, I'm being responsible for my own well-being and I'm managing my work-life balance in a proactive way. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, and as we sort of move towards wrapping up here, I, I wonder if we could just like um, address address the main topic that we've we've been discussing here, which is obviously about engagement and how to keep employees engaged and connected. Um, and we've obviously discussed a, a lot of the methods that are going to, to lead to that desired level of engagement. But I was just wondering if you could uh, maybe give me some of your thoughts on what overall knock on effects that is going to have on the organisation. Um, you know, like in terms of retention or uh, things like profitability and top and bottom line uh, revenue and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Like for, from, a, from a very sort of, you know, from, from a high level within the organization, um, what is the end result going to look like here? Yeah, I think, again, I, I don't want to say that pandemic is a good thing, but I do think that part of what we're seeing is that people are understanding the statistics on engagement that have been present for decades. Mm. That when I speak, you know, I've done this work for 20 years and it used to be that I had to really dig in on what does engagement look like and why is it important? And what I'm seeing now is people are coming to us and saying, oh my gosh, I need engagement. It's never been clearer because we don't know what people are doing. We don't have that opportunity to check in. Leaders have become aware 
that they never really had control over what people do, right? right. We might think mm -hmm. we do, but you can't make people do things. They need to be motivated for their own reasons. So if I'm not even seeing the people I'm working with, I'm trusting in that internal motivation more than ever. And it's impacting me as a leader. I think the first place to go is the impacts of engagement are those leaders that have been in your organization that you have fostered and trained. If they have an engaged team, their ability to do their work is so much stronger. Their stress is reduced. They're in a place where they can make creative strategic decisions without worrying about the details. So there's really like the benefits to your leadership team. Leaders aren't more important than the front lines, but gosh, they do touch a whole lot more than the average person on the front lines. And then the other piece is, you know, we're in a time of change. And we need people to be creative and innovative and thoughtful. We can't rely on, rely on the way things have always been. And if people are engaged, they're going to bring their best thinking and not put it all in the hands of a manager. Like, oh, my boss will have to solve this problem because, you know, we're going to have to submit these, these, um, these tickets from our computers at home. No, we want people who can say, I've identified a problem and I have a solution that I'd like to recommend. And those companies that can support engagement, even whether we're essential workers that are dealing with safety and security more than ever, or whether we're remote workers, they're gonna be able to have that agility and that resilience to move forward and maybe even improve upon what they were doing two years ago. So I think engagement is crucial. I think people are seeing it more than ever. Um, but I think the other thing we need to think about and the last thing I'll say is, how do we support those people in HR that we're asking to build those programs? Because mm -hmm. not only are leaders stressed, but our research shows 71% of HR leaders said this that 2020 was the most stressful year of their lives. So. Mm -hmm. We know it's important. We need to make sure that those folks have the resources they need, whether that's um, budget to enact programs, whether that's time, whether that's people, to make the difference that we need. This can't just be something that we expect, hey, our HR person's going to do it. We need as a leadership team to come together, strategize on it, and give them our support so that they can implement the programs um, and the decisions to really make our business better for the future. Mm. Okay, fantastic. Well, Alex, thanks so much. You've been um, you've been really thorough, and we've covered a lot of ground. So I think just to finish off, we'll do something that we always do, um, and I'll ask you for those of our audience at home who are leaders themselves and that they're on this mission to uh, to try and to keep their employees connected and engaged. Um, what are the top things that they should be focusing on, and and, and how can they achieve those and get some quick wins? Mm. I would say, well, first of all, take care of yourself, and then. The second thing is focus on success. When we think about burnout, when we think about productivity, when we think about stress, if you can focus on what's working and celebrate that on a weekly basis, you set yourself up to um, have the energy and the enthusiasm to keep going. So put a time on your calendar every week where you consider who is supporting our success, who is living our values, what have I done this week that has contributed to the mission of the organization, what am I proud of? I think um, that might sound a little fluffy, but I think we need to be focused on that. As leaders, what are you proud of? And then ask your team, right? What are you proud of from this week? 
that will give us some resilience and we can benefit from learning from those successes. Alex, it's been great to chat. Thanks so much for joining me. You bet. Great, Sam. Lovely to chat with you. Thanks for listening to this edition of the HRD Live podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to stay on the lookout as we are now once again releasing new episodes on a fortnightly basis. Finally, remember to head over to hrdconnect.com for more insight and analysis on the future of work. In addition to a range of articles, podcasts and video content, you'll also find our brand new content hub, which can be accessed from the top of the homepage. Here, you'll have access to the very best of HRD Connect's content, in addition to some exclusive extras. We hope to see you over there. Until next time, goodbye.